Well, good morning, everybody. I'm so happy to see your faces today. There's some new faces today that I hadn't met before. That's just thrilling for me. Um, those are very nice words, Mike. Thank you. Really, I just am so blessed to get to do ministry with um, and beside and to uh, this body. So it's really a blessing. And our retreat was a lot of fun. So maybe we can fill you in on some of that at some point. Um, join me this morning as we hear a reading from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Again, he began to teach by the lake. Such a large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the lake and sat there a while. The whole crowd was on the shore by the lake. He taught them many things in parables and in his teaching said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. When the sun came up, it was scorched, and because it did not have sufficient root, it withered. Other seed fell among the thorns, and they grew up and choked it, and it did not produce grain. But other seed fell on good soil and produced grain, sprouting and growing, some yielding 30 times as much, some 60, and some 100 times. And he said, whoever has ears to hear had better listen. When he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. He said to them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those outside, everything is in parables, so that although they look, they may look but not see, and although they hear, they may hear but not understand, so they may not repent and be forgiven. He said to them, don't you understand these parables? Then how will you understand any parable? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. Whenever they hear, immediately Satan comes and snatches the word that was sown in them. These are the ones sown on rocky ground. As soon as they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but they have no root in themselves and do not endure. Then, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, immediately they fall away. Others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but worldly cares, the seductiveness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it produces nothing. But these are the ones sown on good soil. They hear the word and receive it and bear fruit, one thirty times as much, one sixty, and one a hundred. This is the word of the Lord. Will you join me in a few minutes of silence? Father, we just ask this morning that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you have to speak to us through your word today. We pray that this time is just for your glory and yours alone and nothing else. Amen. Uh, well, as Mike mentioned, our kids are with us today, which I love. That just makes me feel so much more comfortable having them here. Um, kids, you should have gotten a story circle to color in today. This is a story of the parable of the sower that we're talking about today. So color that, put that together, and I would love to see those afterwards. Um, we love having our kids in service, as Mike already said. Uh, we love the noise that comes with that. We love the talking. We love the giggles. We love the mess. We love the whispers that aren't really whispers. We love all of those things. Um, and we love the wiggles. If you've got to get up and stretch, get up and stretch. That's just how it is. Um, so kids, to start us off today, do me a favor and shout out your favorite flower. Does anyone have a favorite flower? A rose? A poppy? Anything else? A violet. Okay, now tell me your favorite fruit. 
Pineapple, banana. Anything else? My son loves strawberries. What'd you say, sweetie? Mangoes. Oh, those are so good. I'm going to have a mango today. Um, okay, how about favorite vegetable? Do you have one? Broccoli. Who said broccoli? <laughs> Lettuce. Oh, all right. We'll take it. Yeah, carrots. I like carrots. Carrots are pretty good. Um, you guys, Jesus is telling a story today where he's using how plants grow and the kind of things they produce, like grain or flowers or fruit, to show how fruitful the spirit works in our life and how deeply the word can grow in our hearts. That's kind of the idea behind our story today. We are in a series right now um, in the Gospel of Mark. We're looking at chapter 4 um, today, and we find ourselves in a familiar place. We're back at the Lake of Galilee. We've been here before. In chapter 4, Mark, our author, kind of showcases the first of two blocks of teaching that we find um, from Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. Um, you may know this already. Jesus' preferred form of public teaching was in the form of parables. A parable is a teaching, like a speaking tool, something that was used. Um, it's when something is placed alongside something else for the purpose of clarification, to help us understand a more complex thing better. In other words, Jesus used simple words, everyday circumstances and stories, to help explain a more complex king concept about the kingdom of God. There are 60 different parables in the Gospels of Matthew, um, Mark, and Luke. There are none in John. There you go. That's your fun fact for the day. Scholars agree that the parables found in the New Testament are unparalleled in the ancient world. There's really nothing quite like them from that same time period. Jesus' parables, they use words, situations that would have been very common. You wouldn't have needed any kind of special knowledge to understand the things that he said on a surface level. However, while the language was simple, the meanings or the points of the parables were complex and they were not immediately understandable and Jesus intended for it to be that way. So as we read earlier, Mark 4 begins with the parable of the sower. This parable is essentially a parable about parables. Jesus is trying to help us learn how we hear and understand the other parables that he teaches. Um, this story itself, Jesus' explanation to his disciples, tells us why Jesus uses these great stories. He tells us he uses them to both reveal and conceal. Reveal, conceal. That should have been in the Karate Kid movie. Reveal, conceal. Jesus' parables reveal the truths of God and his kingdom to those who are in the kingdom, who are a part of the kingdom. He uses them to conceal the same things from those who are not in the kingdom. But why conceal in the first place? How am I supposed to know that I'm in the kingdom or I'm not in the kingdom? Do I understand these truths? Do I not understand these truths? So this parable about all parables, it has our answers. We have a sower a farmer, a gardener, right, who is basically, he's just tossing seed in every direction, indiscriminately, every surface, covered in seed, any surface he can find, all the seeds, all directions, the seed is given out. The sower, who is God, Jesus tells us, doesn't change, and the seed doesn't change. It's the same seed. It's where the seed lands that changes. We have hard paths, rocky ground, weedy patches, and just plain dirt. I like a good just plain dirt. The first three spots to receive the seed don't produce a crop. There's no fruit, there's no flowers, there's, there's no grain. 
But the fourth soil not only produces a crop, it's one bigger than could ever have been conceived at the time. It's a miracle crop. It's huge. So to whom are the secrets of the kingdom revealed? Jesus tells us here, to those who hear, those who listen, those who heed. All right, that sounds like cool and mysterious, like a kind of insider handshake to get into the tree fort. Um, but also, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just have to hear with my ears and I'm in the kingdom. I feel like there's more to it than that. This past week, I had my own frustrating experience um, with listening. I mean, there's a lot of those. But this one in particular was very disappointing. My son and I have a shared love of all things space, interstellar, related astronomy. We've been tracking the landing of the new Mars rover. Is anybody else doing that? The Perseverance rover? Yeah? So cool. They've got videos showing it landing. Um, it's just a really cool thing. And it's, it's already sending back pictures, all this kind of stuff. So we've been watching that every day. We kind of check on what NASA has released um, from the new Mars rover, the Perseverance. But one of the reasons NASA was so excited about this rover in particular is it's the first one that will be sending back sound bites, sound recordings of Mars. And this past week, NASA finally kind of put up on their website one of these sound recordings. So Levi and I gather on the couch. We sit down, we pull up the website, and we are ready. This is sound from Mars. This is going to be awesome. So we press play and we hear wind. Wind. You heard me. Do you know what wind sounds like on Mars? It sounds like wind on Earth. <laughs> it was an anticlimactic experience. I'm just, it was disappointing. Now, if you're my friend, you could maybe suggest that my expectations for a planet with no life and a different atmosphere may have been a little high. But nonetheless, I was disappointed. And I honestly, I didn't understand why the NASA people were so excited about this. Why are they so excited about wind? I confess I had to step away for a couple of days, have some recovery time from my disappointment. Um, but it did occur to me eventually that if these very, very smart people decided to include two microphones on the Perseverance, they must have had a very good reason. So I did some Googling, got on some websites, um, and it turns out that how sound works on Mars, recording it and then comparing it to how sound works here on Earth, can do a lot to help us better understand the atmosphere on Mars, which is a pretty helpful thing if we're ever going to send people there, which they say we are. We'll see. So, the insiders, the scientists, the smart people, they knew what to look for. They knew what to listen for. They knew what to lean in for. Whereas me, who only dreams about visiting NASA someday, did not. It was a good lesson to learn. The words hear, listen, or heed occur ten times in the chapter, in chapter four of the Gospel of Mark. Those who are in the kingdom are the ones who hear. Let's think about this through first century eyes for a minute. Earthly kingdoms do not get their power from listening. Have you noticed this? <laughs> they get their power from being undeniably heard. They're the loudest thing around. 
Think about Alexander the Great, the Roman emperors, kings and queens, all of them, right? You knew you were part of their kingdom because then when they came through your town, you were either part of the kingdom or you were dead. And that was that. Even today in our democracies, power is gained and held by those who can convince and hold their platform with their words. But in the upside-down kingdom of God, we're told listening is a primary skill, a necessary one. The parable of the sower gives us a way to measure or test, in essence, how we are responding to all the other parables. Are we listening? Are we good listening, listeners to the word of God? Do I listen? Do I know how to listen? Am I a part of the kingdom? Do I understand what God is revealing to me in God's timing? The first three soils give us three rulers, kind of three measurements, something to put ourselves up against to see where we stand, how we measure up, how tall we are or how short we are. Um, these warnings I'm about to share with you, they, they come from Timothy Keller. I came across them during my studying, um, and I thought they were too good not to share. They don't come from my brain. They come from good old Timothy Keller, an awesome writer and preacher um, and lover of Jesus. So this first warning, beware listening with a hard heart. This is our first warning, our first seed, our first soil. Beware of listening with a hard heart. The seed we're talking about here in this story, at least, it must germinate. That means that it must work its way underneath the soil in order to put down some roots and to sprout. It must get into the heart to grow. If the soil is too hard, it cannot germinate. It's a non-starter. It goes nowhere. It's possible to spend a great deal of time around the word of God, but have it remain only an intellectual exercise, a thought experiment, just theoretical, something that never leads to growth, something that never even starts. Our second warning, or our second soil, with our second seed, is beware of listening with a shallow heart. These people have moved beyond the theoretical. In fact, Jesus says the receivers of this seed are joyful in verse 13. They're joyful. They're excited to have found Jesus, to know him. They've said, yes, Jesus has changed my life. The seed has sort of put down roots a little bit, all right? And this person begins to maybe try to follow Christ, but the roots are pretty shallow, and they can't stand the heat. The sun comes up. It gets hot. Suffering comes. Trouble comes. They start to lose things. And they say, what good is Jesus if I can't have these things? These people thought they were entering the kingdom, but they were really looking for Jesus to enter their kingdom. Not Jesus the Savior or King, but Jesus the service provider. And once the services go away, well, see ya. The things lost were ultimately more important than Christ. There's no conviction of sin or repentance, so this seed is done. We're moving on. Warning number three, or soil number three, is beware the divided heart. Beware the divided heart. These people have roots that stick around. They grow. They grow deep. But weeds and plants grow up around them and they choke them and tangle them and prevent the harvest and steal the nutrients that the plants need to flourish. This group allows the sharing of control between Jesus and other things. And this division results in a choked faith and one that doesn't bear any fruit. These people are miserable. I have been here. These people are miserable because they've committed to Christ, they've acknowledged sin, they've sought redemption, but they have not given over to Jesus complete surrender and total control of their life. 
They don't understand the gospel enough to worship Jesus alone. They worship Jesus and other things. Maybe work is too important. Maybe priorities are mixed up. Maybe distractions crowd Jesus out. They know enough of the truth that they can't walk away. They're there, but they're not going forward. There's no growth. No harvest comes from a trapped and choked seed. I came across this quote from Charles Spurgeon during my reading for this passage. Spurgeon was a well-known preacher from the 1800s. Um, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit um, because he's a preacher from the 1800s. I had to look up half the words that he used. So um, basically, basically, he says this. If you're a real Christian and you're on the boat that is a life of salvation, on your way to the kingdom of heaven, you're living your life on the boat of salvation, you can't fall off this boat, but you can fall on the boat, break all your bones, and spend the entire trip in the infirmary. This is the danger of the third soil. So how do we hear and understand the seed of the sower, the word of God? Don't listen with a hard heart. Don't listen with a shallow heart. And don't listen with a divided heart. Listen with a heart that hears and heeds. Listen with a heart that knows that Christ is the sower and we are the soil. We've all got rocks and thorns and shallow roots and weeds. We all do. But the sower, the farmer, the gardener knows how to handle those things. He's a pro. He takes those who listen and worship him alone, and he transforms our hearts into the good soil from which he brings forth a great harvest. Sower's in charge of this whole process. So once again, friends, as we, as we move towards communion, um, I want to invite you this morning to listen with me one more time. I'm going to play for you a really cool kind of Bible audio clip this morning. And I want to give us an opportunity to put into practice listening, hearing, and heeding this word. Well, listening, hearing, and heeding this word one more time as we hear the word of the Lord and give the sower space to transform the soil of our heart. <laughs> 